You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guests, Simeon Atkins and Kate Wells of SimilarWeb. Joining us today on the Inbound Logistics Podcast, Simeon Atkins, Industry Consultant for SimilarWeb, and Kate Wells, Senior Industry Manager. Simeon, Kate, thank you so much for joining the show today. Pleasure. Great to be on. Hey, Jeff. Uh, it's good to have you guys uh, both on the show today. Uh, Simeon, Kate, uh, we'd like to introduce you to our audience. So if you could, and Kate, I'll start with you, could you give us a little bit about your background in the industry and what you're currently doing with SimilarWeb today? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jeff. So, hey, everybody. Um, my name is Kate Wells. Currently, I'm, I'm working um, in transition with SimilarWeb to be one of their senior industry managers focusing on the shipping and logistics industry. Uh, my previous background is 20 years with logistics um, in the express carrier market, working for people such as UPS and also in the postal um, UK market working for Royal Mail. So my background has always been in logistics, uh, a lot of it sales facing, then into sales training and the marketing side of the business. So yeah, fair old time. Simeon? Hi everyone. So my name is uh, Simeon, as Jess was saying, I'm an industry consultant at SimilarWeb. Um, just to give you a bit of background for those of you that aren't familiar with SimilarWeb, um, we're essentially the uh, official measure, measure of the digital world. Um, so we're able to give you insights into any website, any app um, across uh, 200 countries and 200 industries. My role specifically within SimilarWeb is specialising within the e-commerce market. And within that, I help uh, strategize with logistics companies to help them understand the e-commerce industry and the opportunities it presents. Um, and then I work specifically with the commercial teams to help them grow their revenue streams within e-commerce, some of which we'll be covering in today's discussion. Excellent. Thank you both. Uh, speaking of e-commerce, uh, e-commerce has uh, never been uh, more front and center than today, given what we've gone through for the last uh, year and a half or so. Uh, so uh, let's get right into it then. And um, let me ask, uh, can you guys provide some uh, e-commerce trends uh, that our listeners should be made aware of? Simeon, let me start with you. Yeah, so I'm certainly not going to win any prizes by telling the listeners that the e-commerce market has exploded over the last couple of years. I think, uh, as you were saying there, everyone's clear what the effect the pandemic has had in terms of driving more people online. Um, and our data has shown that, you know, within the last kind of 24 months, there's been well over a thousand percent increase in the number of e-commerce sites that we've seen pop up. I think what's really important to understand for everyone listening uh, is that even when we start to go back to some kind of normality, and thank God we are kind of uh, heading in that direction now, uh, the e-commerce market is still continuing to grow and is showing no signs of slowing down for the foreseeable future. Even as recently as H1 this year, we still saw a 37% increase in the number of e-commerce sites that were popping up between Q1 and Q2. So it's a really good sign that, you know, even when things are starting to open up, um, the e-commerce market is still growing. You know, the fact is that the way that we do business has permanently shifted and, you know, it was always going that way. But I think the pandemic has, has greatly accelerated that. Um, you know, reports by McKenzie say even up to 10 years, the, the, uh, the pandemic has accelerated the e-commerce market by so it's not like once we go back to some kind of, you know, pre-COVID times that everything is going to simply go back to the way it was. You know, businesses have adapted and consumers have adapted um, in the way that they shop now as well. 
you know, if you take an industry like fashion apparel, for example, uh, which according to our data is up by 26% year over year in terms of number of people visiting these sites, you know, there's a very well-known chain in the UK called Topshop, um, retail brand that's been here for, you know, many, many years on the high street. Recently, Topshop got bought by uh, ASOS and is only available online. And this is far from an isolated case. This is, you know, definitely the way that a lot of businesses and industries are going. In terms of, you know, up and coming e-commerce markets, ones to keep your eye on, certainly one that I've discovered over the last few months that's certainly worth watching out for is Vietnam. So according to a report by Bloomberg recently, Vietnam's digital economy is forecast to grow by around 52 billion by 2025. A lot of this is being driven by some real serious investment coming from the likes of Amazon and Alibaba for startups in Vietnam. And, you know, again, the data would support that from our end in terms of the number of e-commerce websites that are kind of appearing in Vietnam and the traffic going to these sites as well. So definitely a market to keep an eye on. One final point I'd like to make uh, before I take up this entire podcast on uh, simply talking about e-commerce trends is specifically around how you as a logistics company can help your e-commerce partners maximize their revenue potential. So one key thing that our data has been showing time and time again is that for e-commerce sites, the number of delivery options that they're offering on their website has a significant impact on their conversion rates. So even by offering more than one delivery option on your website, can almost double your on-site conversion rate. So, you know, as a logistics partner with an e-commerce company, that's one thing that I would definitely be discussing with them. So whether it's, uh, you know, next day delivery, uh, nominated day delivery, weekend delivery, et cetera. The fact is consumers are demanding the same kind of convenience and flexibility that can get in a physical store online. And it's really important that e-commerce companies are able to adapt to that. That's so interesting. With this new... Uh ramped up e-commerce landscape uh, with the uh, increased demand signals. What are some of the main barriers then uh, for logistics companies to really conquer the e-commerce market? Yeah, so as we, as we illustrated there, you know, the opportunities within e-commerce is huge, but uh, unfortunately it's not as simple as just turning on a tap and saying, we want to grow our e-commerce revenue. I think firstly, many logistics companies just don't know where to start in terms of finding those companies to work with. You know, a lot will turn to either Google or, or they'll buy a kind of data sheet with, with names of e-commerce businesses on. But the problem is there's no kind of context as to whether these businesses are the right fit for you. And as we'll come to see, you know, a little bit later on, we'll start to kind of discuss some of those key attributes that will really help to define and determine whether an e-commerce business is the right fit for you as a logistics partner. And what's more, the e-commerce market is changing on a regular basis. So, you know, even a list that was put together six months ago on Google that, you know, has the top e-commerce companies in, in the US, for example, that's very likely to be out of date within a month or so tops. The next issue really comes around winning new customers. It's obviously a super competitive market that everyone wants a piece of at the moment. So, you know, questions around how do you stand out from competitors? You know, how do you win business from competitors? How do you ultimately convince a prospect that you're the right partner for them is, is definitely a big challenge. And then finally, you know, once you've won that business, how do you then continue to retain and upscale your clients year after year? You know, you're going to be continuously facing competition um, when it comes to renewal, you know, trying to kind of steal your your customers with lower pricing, et cetera. So how can you keep them working with you year after year and how can you, you know, keep them as, as a loyal customer? Kate, you'll be able to shed some more light around this as well. Yeah, absolutely. You're spot on. And the behaviour of the buyer has changed just as much in the sense with the, the whole logistics world's had to change. So 70% of the buyers now make a decision based on the behaviour of the salesperson. So if you and your sales team within logistics hasn't quite caught up to that, you're going to be automatically on the back foot. And as you've said, Simeon, being able 
be able to provide data that helps you stand out from the competition is absolutely key. So within logistics, we are in a really crowded market space. Within the e-commerce sector, those customers are as well. So it's about how do we actually build those key relationships with the stakeholders to make that early impact and make that kind of trusted relationship so we can actually be ahead of the market trends um, and guide them through it as opposed to kind of being quite reactive, like you say, downloading lead lists or searching through, you know, high impact customers. Um, You know, we need to be ahead of that curve now. And I think that's something that's probably affected a lot of logistics customers, certainly within the UK and the European market, you know, the, the landscape is very, very different now than we were two years ago with the changes to Brexit and a lot of the customs data that's required. So this is kind of the juggling balls that we have to manage. So when it comes to finding the right e-commerce companies uh, to work with, then uh, what are some of the key data points that logistics companies need to consider? Yeah, it's a great question and really kind of comes on to that first barrier that we were speaking about there around kind of finding the right companies. So there's, you know, I suppose six really key data points that our logistics companies that utilize SimilarWeb will really kind of look for when they're looking to qualify and find the right e-commerce companies. So firstly, company information. So, you know, the kind of very top level information around employee headcount, annual turnover, uh, HQ location, you know, really understanding the business in a bit more detail. The second will be around website traffic. So when we say website traffic, just, just think about it as, you know, footfall into a, into an online store. So people visiting an online store, you know, where is that traffic coming from? Is it increasing? Is it decreasing? Just to get an idea of, you know, how that business is performing and whether they are going to be in the right state to really kind of adopt a new logistics partner. Obviously, whether the business is growing or declining is a massive one as well. As Kate was saying there, you know, just a static list from Google is not going to give you any real kind of context into that. Um, So being able to understand, you know, and find those businesses that are growing is super important as well. And then we come on to like specifics around shipping information. So what are they currently offering as a service to their customers and being able to kind of understand that before you go into conversation. So you're able to sort of have a better idea of where you can better support them and help them grow their business. What kind of technologies are installed on their website as well is a big one. And I think there's two kind of key buckets to this. The first would be around shipping software. So, you know, Metapack, for example. You know, finding those companies that have those shipping softwares that you might have a direct integration into. And similarly with e-commerce platforms. So, you know, what, a, what an e-commerce website is essentially built on. So the likes of Shopify, Magento, WooCommerce, et cetera. Again, being able to find those e-commerce sites that utilize these technologies because they might be then a better fit if you have a direct integration. And then once you've kind of gone through all of that process and you found those companies that are right fit for you, the contact information. So you know, details such as phone number, email address, LinkedIn profile, et cetera, of the key decision makers that you need to get in touch with uh, within those companies. Um, Kate, anything you want to kind of add to that? Um, just a little bit of context, I suppose, or maybe an example. So, you know, back in the day when I was a salesperson out on the road, maybe 15 years ago, you'd almost be cold calling and you'd be asking your profiling questions. You know, do you send any parcels? Where to? How often? And, you know, oh, are you the right person to speak to? And those days are gone, really. You've got to be on the front foot. Like you say, you need quality contacts you need to be able to identify who they are in terms of the decision making and stakeholder process but the fact that um, you know you can use the data to find out if they have compatible traffic so you can go on and see the countries which their customers are visiting their websites from you know look then on their website to see do they fulfill to those locations and then to take that one stage further to see who are they integrated with like you said Metapat you can actually see some of the other competitors within the logistics world if they're integrated on their technology. 
as a sales resource looking for leads or trying to qualify accounts or even just to be as we said right at the start of this you know you have to be that trusted individual for that buyer to want to engage with you on that level nowadays this is absolutely key information and it's you're so right I mean it's absolutely critical now, Kate, you mentioned data there. Uh, how then do logistics companies move to a more data-driven approach? So in my experience, I would say that we have to make this part of our habitual routine. This is something that we need to do within our sales cycle, within our buying cycle. So right from pre-call, being able to qualify and find really good, solid customers that are a fit to our logistics business. Also to spot some of the real high flyers, you know, the trendsetters, the people who are just starting up now who are going to be the next big thing. Um, Data has to be part of that conversation. So building a good pre-call that actually, you know, we're in the digital world. So a lot of the communication now is over Zoom, over a podcast, maybe over an email. And we want that outreach to be almost qualified and have an impact on the individual. Typically in sales, Um, a lot of logistics the way we approach something is to sell our latest product or is to sell our latest um, service or the one that's doing the most um, best results on quality that necessarily is not going to have any emotional impact on the person you are outreaching to therefore they're not going to have a decision to to be in contact with you or even start to move forward through that buying process so we can start to understand the customer's pain points and challenges through looking at the data ahead of actually going into that conversation and then we align with the customer Customer to help them reach their goals and objectives through aligning with our correct logistics um, solutions that we might offer. So we can start to use data as part of a tailored approach in our everyday interactions with them. And it, it's beautifully linked to the social setting. So Simeon mentioned like LinkedIn, it links very well with that. And also as a logistics company, if you use a certain CRM that in- integrates with the data source, then again, you're aligning your own internal insights with the customer's data, which is just absolutely powerful. Yeah, it sounds like a, a very integrated approach there. So how then can logistics companies uh, stand out from the, the rest of their competitors by uh, using those those insights? Yeah, so this really goes back to the second and third barriers that we discussed earlier in the piece around winning and retaining uh, e-commerce business. Yeah, the fact is logistics is an extremely commoditized and competitive service. There's no kind of getting away from that. You know, so if we think, and Kate was starting to allude to that in, in the last question there, but if we think of how a, a typical conversation might go with a new client, you know, it might be something like, hi, I'm calling from company X. We have a, the widest range of cross-border shipping options to the US. We're the fastest, most reliable. And it's around this point, you know, I've heard this same pitch 100 times already. I'm just going to ask you for, you know, the cheapest price that you can offer. And this is an issue that we come across time and time again with the clients that we work with. It's and they're constantly getting dragged into a conversation around price and trying to beat, you know, a price of a competitor. So what we're trying to encourage our clients to do is lead with a more insight-driven approach using the similar web data for a more effective response. So that same conversation might look something like this. Hi, I'm calling from company X. Did you know that you're receiving 20% more website traffic from the US this month, yet you're still not shipping there? This could be the optimal time to expand as the US retail e-commerce market is up by 50% year over year. I can see that two of your closest competitors are experiencing huge success in this market. And here are some of the products that are selling particularly well for them. Would you like to learn more? I don't think there's any doubt that they would like to learn more. And, and you know, I will stop and say that this is obviously a very different way of selling. And, and Kate will, you know, I'm sure kind of sympathize with this, you know, coming from the logistics world. And, and I'm sure she'll be able to give some context shortly. But it is something that can be embraced. And we have seen clients embrace it really, really successfully. And what we're doing here is moving away from what we would describe as being a transactional partner. 
where the focus, you know, is, is really around, you know, yourself, your company, your products, your services, to being more of a trusted advisor, where the focus shifts to be far more around the specific challenges and opportunities facing your clients. And this really helps the conversation to move away from being one around cost and be more value driven. But this is very much relevant, not just kind of for the pre-sale side of things, but also, you know, going back to that third barrier around retaining customers as well. Being a trusted advisor, you know, goes on in the piece once you've made the sale, you know, use it, utilizing the data to, you know, continuously stay relevant. And what you become when you're a trusted advisor is actually a lot more sticky within your client. And you're far harder to dispose of as a vendor because you're offering them more services than just the logistics, you know, shipping service. You're actually offering them, you know, advice around their marketplace, what's going on, the trends, particularly obviously in, in a COVID era as well. The more information they have that can help advise their strategies, the better. Um, and I think, Kate, you can you can definitely add some nice context here as well. Yeah, I mean, data, I wouldn't say it's a dirty word in logistics, but it's certainly um, not the world you live in, maybe Simeon, where data actually, this kind of data is really insightful, it's really interesting, it's meaningful. Typically within logistics, if it moves, we'll measure it. So we get data on absolutely everything, delivery performance, quality of services, number of claims, collection percentages, time and transits, et cetera, et cetera. So a salesperson hears the word data, they could potentially put their barriers down and think, oh no, we've got enough data. We definitely don't need any more. But this isn't data like you know it, guys. This is insightful insight that, like Simon says, it it helps with the pre-call, it helps with new business, right through to retention and keeping that customer over a long period of time. So about building partnership is is being completely inclusive from the start to the finish, looking at the customer's own insight. So again, we could see where they're getting their traffic from. We can then compare that to what their competitors are doing to help give them leverage in their market. And then bringing it back to logistics, there's lots of research that's been done either you know internally within your own organizations or just in the market space to show you know customers might prefer a tracked service or b2c customers now expect the same within the b2b world there's no difference anymore in terms of the customer's end expectations and then you link that to product and features so Simeon gave an example in his outreach email about you know traffic to america well we could link that to and our research shows that 89% of people in America prefer a track delivery. So that's really important. You put that on their website and then I would offer you extract product. And that's how you link this to your own, um, you know, product offering within the logistics world. And an example of that, we had um, one of our salespeople who, is an account manager um, and they reached out to a customer um, to, to, give an annual rate increase conversation actually and the customer said I'm going to stop you at that point because I'm actually going to move and they mentioned a competitor and they'd already got fairly um, you know far in that buying cycle and that decision making process to move to another carrier who was um, you know beating on the door for the business now this salesperson used the insights that they were able to gather to look at the customer's geographies and see where they were actually getting traffic from and ended up having such a detailed consultative conversation that the long story short the customer end up staying with that salesperson um, and actually they won more business over the 12 months because they built that relationship that demonstrated actually I'm not just here to sell you a price for a parcel rate or a letter rate I'm actually here to be that person to help your business grow and off the back of that obviously you know you get more parcels as a salesperson you get more revenue but it's about developing that partnership that's meaningful and that's really what we mean by data here it's got to be meaningful and impactful for the customer. 
fascinating approach uh, given the perceived coldness of data and it turning into something more meaningful and personal, as you guys say. So uh, in the interest of learning more, uh, where can the audience go to find out uh, more about these insights and uh, about SimilarWeb? Yeah, sure. So uh, anyone listening, if they'd like to learn any more information, firstly, they can link with me on, on LinkedIn, Simeon Atkins. Uh, I'd be happy to kind of reach out and, and discuss with you in person. Otherwise, you can go to our web, website, SimilarWeb.com. And then if you put in forward slash e-commerce dash intelligence dash hub, that will take you to a landing page where you'll be able to book a demo um, and see the, the data and the insights in real life. Perfect. Simeon Atkins, Kate Wells, thank you so much for your time today. Stay safe and good luck to you guys over at Similar Web. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash get il. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.